the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Boys of Tech, episode 261 of New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is for the week commencing Monday the 17th of February 2014. My name is Edwin Herman and this episode I'm joined by Brett King. Welcome to the show Brett. Hey, hey. Hey, how are you this week? Good, good. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, it was a very sunny but rather busy weekend. Oh yeah, it w- wasn't yesterday so hot? Mm. Oh man, that was a. I was outside pretty much for most of the day doing things. Did you have your sunblock on? I did. I slipped, slopped, and slapped. Excellent. So I had a t-shirt, had a sunscreen, and I was wearing a hat. And I was building the rest of my fence that I, well, you know, finishing my fence. Ah. And then we played outside with the slip and slide with the uh, with my go- with my girls. <laughs> so that was fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's enough of summer <laughs> summer talk because a lot of the people listening to us are in the states and uh, other parts of the northern hemisphere. And it's significantly pretty- colder there at the moment. Y- yeah, North slip and slide weather. Yeah, well, they slip and slide, just not water. It's slip. It's slipping and sliding on <laughs> yes. uh, on ice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Different kind of slip inside. Hey, anyway, Brett, I wanted to kick off with this uh, news that, or a rumor really, that Microsoft may be considering allowing Android apps to run on Windows as part of the OS. Hmm. Wow. That's a bit that's, of a bombshell. Uh, that is. That's, that is an interesting way to go. It's, yeah, I like it. I, I think it's I, it could be good. Yeah, it could be horrible, uh, depending on how it's done. But it, it's an, definitely an intriguing way to go to support the dual app platform on the one on the one OS because Apple would never consider this. I think you're right. You're right. Apple never well, would. we we already know that they would never consider having anything which allowed you to run something else in it. Uh, well, wait a sec, wait a sec. Because isn't that the reason they no, no, didn't no. want Flash and Java and all that sort of stuff? Well, uh, you know, I've heard two different stories. I've, there's the, there, I've heard that. And the other reason, which is, uh, I guess you could say the official reason, because it's a, it was a statement by Steve Jobs, and it was all about the user experience and why Flash is not a good idea for the user experience. They're certainly not, allowing, they're certainly not pro- prohibiting you uh, with HTML5 really? apps. Because I, I have to say that even within the iOS apps that are created now, the user experience is quite varied. Well, there is yeah. a lot of freedom for how the UI looks. <laughs> I, I think Steve, when you know, when Steve was saying this, I think it, his point was that it was going to be worse than what it is now. But also, he was talking about degradation of, you know, basically a negative, you know, things like speed, for example, and responsiveness and those sorts of things. 
iOS does not need anything to slow it down because depending on your hardware, the next iOS update itself is just going to bring in that slowdown by itself. Ah, you need newer hardware then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Brett, look, you know, the other thing... I'm pretty damn sure, you know, there's probably a flag in there that says if you're running an older one, make sure you actually slow down. You know, isn't this what we used to say <laughs> about Microsoft? I'm sure we used to say this about Microsoft back in the oh, PC yeah. days. I, 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 you know... I, I put my tinfoil hat on and I say all of them do it. <laughs> hey, Brett, the other thing I was going to say, though, when you when you talked about allowing other OSs, you have to remember early on in the days of OS X, well, when they moved to Intel hardware, it was Apple who provided not only a, a, a allowed Windows to run, but actually provided a solution to dual boot. Mm. So you got to remember that they're not completely closed. They're just extremely selective. And I... I Look, I do agree with you. I don't think they would ever allow Android apps on a Mac. No. That's for sure. But they're not completely, you know, it's not like they haven't done something like this before. They have with Windows. Anyway, so, Brett, the, the thing, yeah, no, go on. Well, I think that the um, the idea for it to, to work on Windows, kind of, it goes along with a lot of stuff that, well, I guess it's kind of the a philosophy that you get from using Windows. It's like you. It's hard to be a Windows user and have not used some sort of emulator to allow you to run something else on it. No, there's emulators for running all kinds of stuff. It's like you could. There are DOS emulators so that you can still run DOS stuff. Oh yes, Windows. yes. There are, that main, there are the main main emulators so you yeah. can run old console ROMs. Yeah. Uh, and you know arcade ROMs. There are emulators for different gaming platforms. So I've got a can, Commodore sixty four emulator. Exactly. Like There's all these sorts of things that you kind of, well. you, you just, you know, you kind of run and you run your stuff. And so my, you know, that seems kind of what they must be talking about for this, but to have that emulation layer built in. Yeah, Because we're the, not the, talking the about find... forking a difference, you know, taking an Android app and then making it work as a Windows app. We're talking about you downloading an Android app off of um, the Play Store and just being able to run it. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And so obviously some sort of emulation layer for Android. Yeah, and if Microsoft, you know, this is a rumor, but if if it's true what? and if Microsoft do it well, they'll do it so it's seamless, you know, you're not Indeed. you know, kind of like um well, I, I guess the way Apple did when they moved from PowerPC to Intel, it was so smooth. It really was. That was mm-hmm. I would say that was have, have to be one of the smoothest transitions. I've ever seen it in terms of the hardware change because, you know, the older ones, I think they had two, um, the next two OSs, I think it was, from memory, had the emulation. Eventually they dropped it because, yeah. you know, they're not going to carry it forever. But I think they did two. And it was honestly, you know, I it was very, very rare to hear of problems. And, and it didn't load well, in a different way or a bubble, you know, an extra window. It was well, just there. Yeah, it does kind of stand out as something they had to do because – I can't think of any other platform that has fundamentally changed its hardware architecture. You're right. They had to do it because... Windows has, you know, x86. Yeah, it's always been x86. All the way. And then, well, yes, we've got the 64-bit now, but that's kind of, it's the same. Yeah, that's true. It's not a a fundamental change, which the, the switch that Apple did. Yeah. So Apple is kind of the the only platform that I can think of yeah, no, I think it's that a, has had it's that fundamental that stands switch, out for which, me is, as well. which has obviously meant that when they made that fundamental switch, they needed to be able to backwards support everything 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- I guess, people I, will I guess have paid what I'm saying. <laughs> significant amount of money for that previous stuff yeah and that, i know it'd be really if if it didn't you know people would be switching because that would be the opportunity to go well look apple don't really care about us what have they just done here i'm out of here but you know it, 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 they could have done it poorly is what i'm saying they could have you know it didn't even load in a separate window or a little a window inside a window. you know it was just mm-hmm. like it was native it was all behind the scenes and that's what i liked about it so if well i guess where i'm going with this is if this rumor is true and microsoft come out with this i hope for their sake really oh, that I they do it, it, it i don't see it being any other way it would run just as anything else would run just transparently it would transparently yeah. know that mm. that needed to run in the simulation layer mm. well, any- windows has gotten you know microsoft has gotten incredibly smart with their backwards compatibility and running in different modes. Yes. For supporting, you know, previous versions of applications that ran on Windows. Yeah, that's don't true. don't run yeah. quite as well on the base, you know, Windows 7 64-bit. So it emulates being a different. Hmm. Well, <laughs> so anyway. They're, they're pretty it's... good at that. And Microsoft has another kind of thing up its sleeve in the acceptability of those sorts of things because Windows users accept that the interface that they are presented to by the different apps is pretty much up to the app developer to design and display. And it is something that, you know, you pretty much, you come to accept that, yes, there will be a a dash, a box, and an X in the top right-hand corner, Mm, mm. but everything in the middle of the window is pretty much going to be how the person who created the app wanted it to be. But there are some standard so Windows controls that, that you can use. when different you're... in, and, you know, an Android app running that way. People will just accept it. Yeah, just... yeah. Having said that, Brett, I, I think a lot of developers for Windows do try and use the standard Microsoft controls. Yes, you yes. Know, but, but you are right. You do see but ones that don't, not don't for, conform. Not for indie stuff and for indie apps and those sorts of things. You know, they tend to be quite the, random. The, the, yeah. the, you know, really indie sorts of applications that you'd run, those developers go hog wild. With their use, with their interface design, Audacity, I think, is one maybe. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. Whereas a lot of the the more mainstream big development companies, they try to be consistent with yeah. the yeah, with, that's um, right. yeah, with the Windows UI, your menu bars, your ribbon stuff, and all that sort of thing. Well, Brett, let's park that there, and I want to talk I about think it's this. A good idea. <laughs> I'm not sure whether or not Microsoft will actually do it if this rumor will, you know, come to fruition or will just stay as a a maybe wishful thinking from somebody. Mm, mm. Um, well, I'd like to see it happen. It's yeah, it's it's a good way for Microsoft to get more apps, more app exposure on their Windows tablet devices. Mm. And it's a good way for people considering the switch to do so. Indeed. You know, you think about people have already got... Well, this does lend itself to something that I've said many times. You know, when you choose Apple, you lock yourself in. I can't change hardware because I've spent, you know, hundreds of dollars on apps. Oh, you can change, but there's a price is what you're saying. I'm going to... It's going to cost you a lot of money. Wear that. Yeah. Uh, So you are more inclined to stay within the environment that you have invested money into. Whereas this... If you had bought apps off, you know, Android apps. Yeah, it's a good switch, yeah. the ability to run those Android 
app on a Windows. It means that I could, you know, instead of buying another Android tablet, I could buy a Windows tablet. Suddenly the berries are a whole lot lower. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not in, locked into that environment. It's, it, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good idea and it could get them more coverage. I do too. But, uh, you know, it is only a rumour, so we won't get too excited. Let's park the story there because I do want to get on and move on to this other story about the patent that Samsung has filed. And it's a patent to, uh, how, how, do I, how do I describe this? That if you write something across the screen of your device, such as call mum, it will call mum. It interprets your handwriting. It kind of like Siri, but handwriting. You just handwrite it across the screen. But it's not just handwriting recognition and then acting on it. Part of their patent application is that it verifies who you are by your handwriting. Now, that is really smart. So mm. you write call mum and it goes, yep, I recognize that handwriting. I will do that. Whereas... If somebody else came along and wrote it, it would go, I don't know who you are, so I'm not going to do that. That's brilliant. Yeah, That is cool. So the, the only thing I can't – look, I like it. The only thing I can't figure out is why you wouldn't just use voice. I guess maybe if you're in a, a – a, a, I'm just thinking now out loud, perhaps if you're in a, a presentation or a meeting or something, okay, you, you probably wouldn't you're say being- call mum, but you might say text mum this or something. Exactly. Mm. You're in a meeting, you are in a incredibly noisy environment. You are, for instance, at a you're a stressed teenager at a excessive party and you want your parents to come pick you up. Oh yeah. 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 Uh or All those. Yeah. Or you have uh, an impairment of some kind which impacts on your voice. Oh of course. You've got laryngitis, yes. you have or some, you know, permanent impairment which impacts on your ability to speak. Of course. Great. Then, yep, this, great is, this is a great accessibility yeah. feature mm. as well. Even without the, you know, the, the in the patent application about verifying who you are, just the recognizing the handwriting recognition and then acting upon the commands written is a brilliant accessibility feature. Yeah, you're right. It is it is indeed. That, that's actually right up your alley, isn't it, Brett? That's kind it of is. your expertise. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, this also is not nothing confirmed in terms of a product. This is a patent that Samsung has applied for. It's filed for the patent. It doesn't necessarily mean that within a few months we're going to see this feature. We may see it. We may never see it. But uh, at least it's kind of exciting to talk about. It is. It is. It is a cool. It is a cool feature. It's a cool innovation. Brett, can we talk about battery technology? Of course. Right. Well, you know about these exploding uh, iPhones and iPods and whatnot and and other devices. Well, pretty much anything that uses a lithium-ion battery and gets plugged in and recharged a lot. Yep. Especially if you knock them around. The chance of going back, yeah. Mm. I think there have been a few high-profile cases and a lot of the time – yeah, we've, t- we've talked been about quite a few of them. Yeah, we show, have yeah. on the show, yeah. Like drops, uh, damage in some way or, you know, third-party charging systems and um, faulty battery replacements, those sorts of things. Yes, yes. So anyway, the breakthrough here is that scientists at the University of North Carolina have managed to re-engineer this a little bit. They've replaced the flammable solvent that is used in lithium-ion batteries with a non-flammable alternative, which should mean, well, which does mean, 
Uh, they're not going to spontaneously combust if dropped or, or anything like that. That is brilliant. But it's not the only benefit that they've um, talked about, is it? No, that's right. Actually, good point. The longer battery life, right? Yeah, they've also yeah. said that it could result, this change could result in longer battery life. But they <laughs> have no idea yet how this type of battery will handle the charging and recharging cycle that phones and watches and everything else that uses a lithium-ion rechargeable battery goes through. Yeah, so in fact, it may not be, it may not lend itself to, uh, to recharging. Indeed, it might, might lend itself to a long-lasting one or two charge battery. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But, you know, we'll wait for them to sort of uh, does, refine it that. Would be, it would be a, a significant step and one of the best significant steps in battery technology in quite a long time. But yes, it's still yes. only a step. It's not a revolution or a no. giant leap. It's not what is calling it for battery technology to to take, you know, innovation and ideas that everybody has for technology that can be built now but is being held back by the fact that how would you power it? Yeah, no, that's right. This this isn't going to solve that. You're right. No, yeah. no. But it is but good. It is, it's skip, another step yeah. hmm. further to making these things safer. Hmm, that's right. All right, Brett, that is pretty much the international stories for this week. Uh, I think we'll just take a short break there. When we come back, a couple of New Zealand stories to talk about. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. Now, you may have heard of this new site that has appeared, uh, in fact, just I think on Valentine's Day, Twosome. And it is, as the name suggests, a dating site. This one has been built by Dylan Bland, Tusum, tusum.co.nz is the address there. And he's the guy, by the way, uh, behind NZ Flatmates, which you've probably also heard about. And I think he was also involved back in the day with Zillion, the uh, the auction site as well. So anyway, tusum.co.nz has been launched. I've had a, a, a quick squiz. I'm not listed on there, by the way. <laughs> I would be surprised. Sorry, sorry ladies. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a, a, uh, around about a thousand users already. They've had a, a soft launch. They haven't made too much of a big thing about it, and they're going to slowly grow. They have a goal of reaching around 200 or so thousand members by the end of the year. It's a very uh, modern website. If you look at the design, it's very clean, very web, almost web 3.0. Can we start using that yet or or is it no such I don't know. Or have we moved past naming something a version number? Oh, yeah. Well, Apple would say yes. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) The new iPad. It's not the iPad 3. It's the new iPad. Anyway, uh, look, back to Twosome. It's looking really good. I'm kind of excited about it because I think, I mean, the the other competition locally is, of course, uh, what was it? Uh, Find Someone and NZ Dating. And if you look at those, there's nothing terribly wrong with those sites, but I mean, you know, this is this is a lot fresher. This uh, this twosome one. So, look, I'm really excited about that. I am hoping to get Dylan on the show uh, in the next uh, few episodes. So, uh, I, I hope uh, we'll get him on the to, show and have a chat to him. He'll be able to tell us, you know, the the, the key points of difference yes. between twosome and the other dating websites that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get him to do that. He's, you know, he said that he has created this. 
because of the, 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 the feedback he got from, you know, friends and other people and their responses to other dating experiences on other dating sites. So this has been, this dating site has been created as the answer to. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's exactly, those. yeah. So, mm. so what those key points of difference are and how that is going to work for for those, um, yeah, 300,000, 200,000 um, expected users in the first year. Well, like I say, we'll uh, we'll try and get Dylan on the show at some point and uh, and he can take us through that because you know, if you if you want to check it out now, if you perhaps you are single and you're, you're looking for, for someone, perhaps consider signing up at twosome.co.nz. And then you can let us know if you've had experience of the other dating sites and you, you, you know, you can find the points of difference to this one. Yeah, look, I must admit, this is one of those things where I, I'm not really going to go and evaluate by creating profiles on the other sites and then creating one well, on this yeah, site. Because it's a dating <laughs> site, you know. It, it, indeed, there's, there's no point. You're either going to get lots of hits on one or not, and either way, you're going to be disappointing somebody. Oh, Brent, <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry. I'll be disappointing a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on because I want to talk about another New Zealand story very quickly as well. And you may have heard of well, we've all heard of Flappy Bird, right? Indeed, we've, we've talked about it before, it. and yeah, it's pretty well known right now. Well, anyway, there's been an answer to the you know obviously the, the developers removed Flappy Bird, and someone's created one called Flappy B. Oh, and it's a, it's one of those sort of knockoff games, you well, know. It's, there there are actually quite a few Flappy Bird. Knock off. Yeah. yeah. My favourite happens to be Flappy Bird. Fla- I and haven't it's seen Bird that one. from Sesame Street. Oh, that's cool. It's got cool. sound effects from, <laughs> from Sesame Street. That's cool. And, and it's, yeah, it's a little bird flying Bert through these multicoloured Sesame Street pipes. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's hilarious. I watched, I watched a playthrough of it, in fact. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I watched a video on YouTube of somebody else playing Flappy Bird. I, I like the sound getting, of it. Yeah, it was just hilarious. Well, anyway, <laughs> well, anyway, the thing with this one is with with Flappy B, is that it's got a local game developer rather upset, and that's because the guys who have created Flappy B have allegedly stolen the some IP, some of the imagery from another game called B Leader, mm. and uh, that's a Kiwi game. They're not very happy about that, as you can understand. Well, well, indeed, when they've created, created, well, when they've put the time and effort into creating artwork for their own game, to have it ripped off by another game is an insult. It's to have it ripped off by another game, which is then ranked number four yeah. in the iTunes store, and to have Apple not do anything about it when it has been brought to their attention. That's right. They've actually launched a content dispute with Apple, but uh, and they've heard nothing back about it. Well, at, at, at the time, I, I understand. I understand there have been some developments, but we've got no details right now. I am also hoping to get John O'Reilly, who's the creative director uh, from the company that makes Be Leader, on the show as well. So, uh, but right now that's not possible. But we'll uh, hopefully get him on the show in the next few weeks as well. So yeah, that, uh, yeah. Thumbs down. Don't. By the here, here's the thing, guys. If if you want to support the local, you know, people who've created their own content, don't support the guys ripping them off. Stay Indeed. away from a Flappy B. Indeed. There you go. That's, don't pay money for it. That's right. Yeah. 
I think uh, it might be free. I think it, it might just be makes free. Crap tons of money on advertising. advertising. Yep, <laughs> you got it. All right, Brett. Then that is pretty much <laughs> so it. Don't, it. Don't buy it for free either. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy it for free. That's a <laughs> what a quote. I love it. Okay, Brett. That is it. That is episode two hundred and sixty-one. Thank you very much for co-hosting, Brett. Always a pleasure, Ed. And we'll do it again next time. Until then, take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Ciao.